you for tuning into. If you don't know, now you know. Welcome to the show. Let's get this party started. Okay, get off. Yo, what is going on? My name is Mr. Hacker. Welcome to If You Don't Know, Now You Know. Thanks for joining us on the show here today. This beautiful, lovely woman here in front of me, Luca. How are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks. Uh, and once again, thanks for joining us. Uh, for all the lovely humans out there, is, uh, this, this woman here right now is someone that I uh, hold in high regards as far as women's coaches and and you know you're a lady out there making a difference so i i do watch a lot of your content and i consume a lot of what you're saying so yeah big kudos to you (laughs) yeah i do i watch it i watch it hey you know because there's a lot to learn from you women hey out there in that space and um it's really important that you guys put a uh a strong message out there for your queens you know for user out there doing that in the community uh how we like to kick things off here is give us a plug please tell us where we can find you, your platforms instagram everything like that beautiful so my uh, main platform would have to be instagram luca underscore rose with two e's is where you can find me so i'm a female mindset and startup business coach so i've been in business for just under a year um over that time i've made some pretty big moves and some pretty big impact, which I'm absolutely loving. Um, going through some expansion and changes at the moment, which is, I mean, it's changed. You've just kind of got to navigate your way through it and not get caught in the overwhelm cycle. But no, it's good. I think um, it's come at a really relevant time. And I think with everything going on in the world, I'm um, definitely open to the change and just kind of seeing where this next kind of 12 months takes me in the second year of business. But, yeah, absolutely loving it so far. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, like, what's it like being a woman in business in this current time and stage, just briefly, I guess? Because it's been a bit of a transition at the moment for everyone that's in business. Um, they've had to add, you know, adversities come up everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, the last six months alone has been huge, not just for um, me but for absolutely everyone. I think when you're um, in a kind of leadership role, whether it be you know of influence just on a social media platform or if it's in your job role, whatever it is, um, you know people have that expectation of you to really step up and to really I don't know bring awareness and light to you know different things that are playing out. Um, and I think sometimes, to be honest, like full transparency here, it can be a little bit daunting um, and a little bit maybe not so much intimidating but there's some sensitive topics that have come up you know over the last six months in particular and um, yeah it's been new for me to have to navigate through that you know it's, I've only been in business a year so now or I suppose over the last six months and you know even now it's really been a time for me to step up and actually not just talk about leadership but really embody that and, and be that so um, I would, you know, with full transparency, like I said, I would have to say there's been a bit of fear, I would say, for me, in terms of, like, knowing the right thing to say and the right terminology and all the rest of it. But I'm really enjoying being open and receiving, you know, any constructive criticism that comes my way and learning from it and going again. But, yeah, I think there's some really important topics that now isn't the time to be quiet. Now is the time to you know, have a voice, especially if you're going talk about having a voice and want to create that impact definitely and that's kind of all just hitting home with me there i'm like you know it's you know like you can step into those leadership roles sometimes you can uh like slow a lot of things down and your progress because of you're like oh shit it needs to look this way or how does it look um and just finding that path of how it looks to you and, and how it feels to you and then just straight going for it and just punching it straight through and like okay cool i'm gonna learn on the way as well because uh you can take some arrows i'm gonna take the criticism as well and learn and adjust and i'm gonna find that shape of what i'm trying to create here and the voice and you know the message that i want to put across and that's so important i was just like listen i was like damn i was like you know and and having the having an awareness to be like okay cool like i'm not gonna please everyone it may not be look right and I'll take the criticism as it comes and learn and go. And that's that's leadership and that's just what you do. And, um, yeah, good good for you pointing that out as well because a lot of people try to uh, have everything in, they're all everything ready before they go. And you got to start before you're ready. Yes, absolutely. We spoke about that just before about, you know, trying to educate yourself on different things as they arrive, right? And I think I'm, especially the industry that I'm in within, in terms of coaching, I don't feel like I'll kind of ever know enough 
Like I think I'm always going to be learning and, you know, I've got my right people that I can help with what I currently know, but I'm also learning, upskilling and just being more conscious and aware of, you know, all different things that go on, whether it be in personal life, business life, globally. Um, yeah, learning different things, implementing and then taking action despite the fear kind of being there, yeah. you know. What's, um, you know, like let's say a typical client come to you, um, you know, for your resources. What would that look like for you? Like what kind of people do you work with? Uh, who I generally work with now are women who are beginning at the early stages in their own coaching business usually um, or mentoring role or uh, who are kind of doing any kind of personal development and who are wanting to make an impact but are just struggling to find the strategy and who just don't quite have that strong, firm mindset to run their own business. So essentially I work with them over six to 12 months in a closely one-on-one capacity um, with a few other girls also in a, in a group setting as well, um, just to really find who it is that they want to help, what their you know kind of potent magic is that they can bring to the world and how to showcase that and how to create a life on their terms that works for them. And one thing that I'm so grateful that my coach has really demonstrated to me and that I've been able to pass on to my clients is I'm, I'm never going to create a guru model. I'm never going to create a one-size-fits-all because it's just not realistic, right? So just really trying to uncover what it is that these people have that they want to bring to the world, but also other elements of their life. You know, what's their home life like? Do they have children? How does that play into it? Because I know for me... Um, trying to run a business when, you know, I started at, what was I, 23, being a single mom to a uh, one-and-a-half-year-old, it was, I couldn't run a business like, you know, a lot of other people because I just didn't have the resources, the time or the money. So I really had to navigate through that and I realised that, yeah, absolutely, it's no one-size-fits-all. So I really try to work with where they're at, meet them where they're at and, um yeah, move with them in the direction that they want to go, but also from a professional standpoint, giving them strategy and tools that work so that they can, you know, have a business that's profitable and so that they can, yeah, create the life that they're desiring on their own terms. Yeah, definitely. So important in that aspect. And, like, women in, in uh, business recently, are like, I, I, you know, i got to take my hat off to you guys, hey, these are, uh, like, you've got some, like, man, he's kicking ass, hey. Like just the women, the women that I know in in business, um, I'm like you know because it met the men. Uh, you know, there's a lot of men in business. Um, you know, obviously it's even and out now, uh, a lot more. And I just feel like the diversity that the women bring to the like the resilience they bring to the table in in business matters is so. I, I love it. Hey, like you know, I I remember being in roles like uh, you know back in some of my old jobs like where women were in the offices and know taking like leadership roles and stuff like that and a lot of men couldn't deal with it and cope with it it was something i picked up on early and i was like yo like no no like they've got there's something there i'm like she's onto it i'm like i don't care what like you know what she is i'm like she's right on the money there you know and there's a lot of old mentalities where like oh no we don't do it like that i'm like no no i was like well they're onto it there um so yeah like just seeing you grow as well in this space and and do what you do and lead the women that you lead is uh it's really cool to see because you know He's carving out a new a new space for yourself. And like you said, it doesn't there's no one size fits all and this you know, you tailor to the person to make them, you know, to get them what they want. And uh, you know, that just comes back to your, you know, your good good knowledge and space and understanding people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um I'm really grateful that now, like the more I like from a business point of view, the more I understand and learn about business also, the more I think I really attract and draw in the clients that are absolutely a perfect fit for what I'm trying to do. Um, and like I said before, like I've got a certain skill set and a certain amount of knowledge and a certain amount of experience in personal and business that really does work for, you know, my niche client and I absolutely love it. You know, I never imagined, I never really imagined one working for myself, but I never really imagined two being able to have this kind of flexibility and to create just the life that, feels like this really ultimately that's why we want what we want right it's the feeling that we think that it's going to give us um and just to yeah to work five days a week in a job that makes me feel genuinely fulfilled every day is like the best gift that i could have asked for the best yeah it's it's such a nice feeling even 
like I'll revert this back to like what I'm doing at the moment. It's like I love doing this. Like people like you know, and I've recently obviously been kicking it off a lot, you know, doing a lot more hours than usual. But I'm like, it's because I like I'm in I'm doing this thing that I really love, and I, and it just makes sense to do it. It's not because I'm just doing it because I have to. And uh, yeah, it's when you find that sense of fulfillment in what you're doing. It's like you know that joy and that love and. You're just talking about finding the balance in business and in a lifestyle as well. It's like a lot of, I feel like, you know, in this time that we're in now, as a lot of people have realized that now, obviously for a while, but it's becoming more and more apparent, like home can't be shit and then business be good. Uh, it just doesn't, It it's not a long-term goal or it's not sustainable over a long term as where a lot of men would always be at work or in business and that would just be it. But home was never yeah. no, no so great and, they only it, it stopped it just you know you can't just leave half the tr- you know half the gear here and just go up there eventually it's going to catch up with you and it's going to come find you it's like you know you got to take the whole everything and come goes the package and sweep it off and that's the long game you know and that's like yeah you just off your speaking it's like those two things mixing them is so important because you can go to all the business courses you want all the you know all the fancy money things and but if you're not working on yourself and your personal well-being and your lifestyle that and your fulfillment and the why you're doing everything, man, it's a long, shallow road. Yeah, totally. And I think the key thing that you said there is it's not sustainable. Yep. Like, like it's really not because eventually you're going to burn out or eventually you're going to become overwhelmed or overworked because also intention is a massive part of it as well, right? You know, like you said, you've been doing extra hours and, I mean, as of late, so have I and I never imagined, you know, being able to work the hours that I work. But when you've got so much, um, such a strong intention there behind essentially your why and there's so much passion there, it's easy to show up. But, you know, like most of us and um, especially women, women will get this, is like I wear many hats throughout the day, right? So I, as much as I love my work so much and I'm pretty obsessed with it now, I still know that, you know, I my time is also required elsewhere and I am required to, you know, be present at home with my partner and my daughter and my stepson and all the rest of it. So for me, if I'm not also wearing those hats, and it's not always even, I think I hear a lot about balance and I was like, just have a balanced lifestyle. I used to, I actually was someone who, who really said that all the time until I realized, okay, there may not be balance in every single day, but I think that there's kind of seasons that it comes and goes. So I know that when I've got a project coming up, you know, it's going to require more work for me. I think I, last week I worked for 12 days straight, right? But for the next two weeks, I'm just going to do four days so that I can have free um, day weekends with my family because... They're just as important to me, and I know that if I'm, you know, only consuming myself with one thing, then I'm really not, um, really not remembering why I even began doing this. And a massive part of my why was I wanted to create a, you know, dream kind of job, but not just for like income purposes, but to demonstrate to my daughter that she can have it all, also, or to demonstrate to everybody, you know, that she can have it all. But if I'm losing sight of that and I'm just going, you know, hammering all his work and forgetting about all the other stuff, I'm not then setting that example. It's right? not. It's not worth it in the long run, is it? It's no. not. And, and it's, it's like you know, you can work massive hours, and I love, I love work. Like I'll go hunting all day, every day, and that's a that's kind of a down trail fall of mine. And I, you know, I've been living by myself now for a while, and I'm like, I can get stuck in my work, you know, because I, I just won't. I'll just stay working, but. For me, it's about having a plan of like, you know, how much are you going to work? How, what is the, the goal? What is the mission here? And, you know, doing what I'm doing now, I'm like three months. I know for the next three months I'm going to have to be in the trenches. And I've already made that commitment to myself because I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I know there's some, there's, I've got some spaces gapped out there where I have to have the breaks and the days off for myself, for my people. And, you know, I've laid that out. But like there's a, there's a mission. There's a goal as well. You can just get stuck just trying to do all the things. But you're like, oh, yeah. you, you know, why? Like, why are you doing all the things? And does this lead to, like, where does it go to? Is it sustainable? So I'm like, three months, I know. If I tried to do it for six months, that it's just not going to work. It's just going to not yeah. going to work. And it's not going to serve you. You're going to miss out your family, your friends, everything like that. And it's just, you'll end up with unhappy. Yeah, totally. And I've definitely had moments where 
I thought that, you know, and, and it may be because of, you know, certain um, influence I had possibly at the time in terms of coaching and a very masculine role playing out, um, you know, but I really felt like I have to work, you know, 12 hours a day, six days a week in order for my business to be something. And I was trying to do that and I definitely reached a point of burnout and I just got to this place of like, why am I doing this? Because there wasn't enough passion to fuel 12 hours a day for six days a week. It just wasn't there. <laughs> then, like it's, it's not sustainable. For me, it's not sustainable. Again, everyone has different, you know, they've got a different ideal lifestyle. Some people don't have children so or a partner, so they, you know, don't have to consider those things. But I'm sure they've got family and friends that are just as important to show up for. And I always have to, yeah, definitely go back to that place of like, as much as I want to show up for everybody else, am I showing up for me by honoring myself? by doing the things and spending time kind of filling up my cup essentially with what makes me feel great yeah. because as long as I'm not doing that, I'm not even giving 100% in my business and creating impact in however that looks to me anyway. I, I always so, ask myself, I'm like, because giving to myself is a hard thing as a male for me. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to go, 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 get the task done, get everything done. And like I had to have a day off, was it the other day, Monday. I had a self-love day and I knew that was it. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. I was like, no, no, i got work to do. i got things to do. But I made myself go and I just turned off the phone and shit. And you got to go have those days. As good for me, I fall into that category. I don't, I don't have any kids or a partner and it's like I can get very stuck in the work, very easy. Like, you know, as, you know I, don't, I don't have minimal distractions. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and that's it's so important to be able to understand those waves, you know. They're going to come and go. Or... If you feel like you know when you've been working too hard or too much, you're like, oh, do I just keep pitching it up and going up and do this thing? Or do <laughs> or do we flatten the curve out here and catch on to it, you know, and be consciously aware of, like, what we're doing here? Are we, are we you know, are we etching ourselves up to burn out? Or are we like, okay, we're getting to the red? Okay, yeah. before we go into the black, we're going to dip it down a bit. That's about and I think that comes with time as well, and I think that comes with – actually reaching that point of kind of burnout and exhaustion. You know, hey, I'm not going to do this again because there's no way that I want to feel like this every couple of weeks um, just from going hammer and tongs yeah. at my work. And I've actually, yeah, that's the only way that I kind of know that now. Is, and I, I totally get what you say. It totally resonates when you say, like, it's actually sometimes hard to switch off. You know, I never thought that I would actually be that person who found it that difficult to be pulled away from work. Um and the more invested I guess I get in it and the further, you know, it progresses, the more I want to spend in it. But I really have to be mindful of, yeah, sustainability and, like you said, the long-term vision. Long-term, I want to be doing this for, you know, forever at this point. But for as long as I'm trying to, like, flash myself. And I think the other thing, actually, is there's no rush, right? Like, let's drop the comparison. There's no rush. Like, and I think that's one thing that I'm learning is like, I'm like, stop looking outside my lane. You know, I don't need to be anywhere by any kind of age or, you know, whatever it is. If it works quickly for me, amazing. You know, but business, just like everything else in life, has ebbs and flows. So there's going to be times where you have more accelerated, you know, results than others. But for as long as you're kind of looking at your neighbor being like, well, they've been in the game longer than I have. and they're doing this or they've been in the game less than I have and they're doing this. Maybe I should be doing that. Maybe I should start a podcast. Maybe I should do X, Y, Z. Again, you lose sight of your intentions. Yeah. Having those so clear intentions, hey, it's so important. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's so easy to get sidetracked and it's uh, it's so important to – oh, a strong why. A strong why will carry, carry you through. That's what I always yeah. say. You know, a strong intention as to why you're doing anything is, uh, is so important. Like, don't do anything you don't want to do. Like that's what yeah. I like. People, I'm they're like I like when you're talking to that. I'm like people are like yeah, I'm doing this, but I'm like yeah, oh sweet, you know. I ask a couple of questions about. It. I'm like they just they just doing that because they just like they must have seen it or they like there's no intention behind it. Just, yeah, picking up. Yeah, I'm like oh okay, like that's you know what's that look like in five years? That's what I always mm. like. I'm like okay, what's that look like down the track? I'm like no Sorry. man. I'm like you're just gonna um. Yeah, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It might. Yeah. Sometimes they pull it off, but, you know, majority of the time they don't. Yeah. I think that comes again, like, with experience and just getting to know yourself. I know within, like, 
my business, and I, I think she'll probably find this as well, is that the more aligned and the more I get to know myself and trust myself and the more I can give myself the most permission to just be my most authentic self, the better things work out or the better projects have, uh, sorry, the result that I get from a project or whatever, the more authentic I am, the more me I am, the better the result from it anyway usually and the more impact I create because no one wants a, you know, duplicated version of you. They don't want or anyone, right? They come to you for you. And um, I definitely think it's easier said than done. And I don't know if it's different men and women, obviously. Like, I feel that for women, the comparison game is quite a strong thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Women are so uh, competition. That's one thing yeah. I've come to learn to talk in, you know, a lot, to a lot of women coaches and women in general. Like, you are so stiff in competition, hey. Like I, I never, like I never really, I, I knew it, but I didn't really understand it until I kind of got into this game where, you know, we unravel a few things and stuff like that. I'm like, oh shit, I'm like, you're hard in competition, but it's like, it's like this undeniably in, 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 in competition. I'm like, they know they're in competition. I'm like, just say it. You're competing. But it's like, no. Uh, like, I mean, again, like I think it's one of those things that, as you grow, you you realize that like what you have is enough, right? And I think that's something um, as a woman or just as you know anyone as an individual, like whatever you are, however you are, it's enough. But I definitely have definitely fallen into the comparison game myself, um, and you know, looking over the fence and being like, oh, am I doing enough? Should I be doing this or should I be talking on this or whatever it is? But I think the more certain you get on your like on who you are as an individual, the more that kind of comes through anyway, right? And the more certain you are on who you are and the more that comes through, like you can't compete with that. I can't compete with another woman being her authentic self because she's just being her. Mm. Otherwise, I'm just going to become the, the duplicated kind of rip-off version of her and I don't want that. No one else wants that from me, no, right? Doesn't, it's not, yeah. it's not real, hey? You know, it's no, the best thing you can be is you. Hey, like that's I always say that. That's like my underlying message, and that's like what I work with the girls as well. Is I actually do my coaching a little bit different, probably to most, um, you know, start business coaches or business mentors, whatever. Is like the first month is not even really about business when the girls work with me. The first month is establishing who they are, right? And I do a series of a breakthroughs with them. I've got different modalities in my business, like timeline therapy, and I'm trained in uh, NLP. Um, and I just am like, I want to strip back all the layers and I want to just see you for you. And I don't want to exactly, like, I don't want to map out what, you know, the next six to 12 months looks like from where you're standing right now because I want to do something with you and take you through a process where we uncover all those beautiful parts of you, the ugly, the great, whatever it is, the trauma. Let's strip that back. And then I want you to give me the uncapped version of what you see possible and how that looks and how you're going to show up because I don't want the filtered version. I don't want the version that's got all these limiting beliefs stacked on each other and all this, you know, trauma that's been unhealed and suppressed because it comes out, right? Business is probably one of the most spiritual experiences I've had especially in the work that I do, I always get the biggest reflection of me. And half the time when I'm coaching and I'm talking to them, I feel like I'm like, I am talking to myself, right? Whatever comes up that week is always relevant within my own mind. And I always do attract that perfect client, right? <laughs> but the first month, I, re I definitely, like, I just try to strip back all the layers. I'm like, let's see who you are at all. Because you've got so much more within you that you don't even realise is actually going to come into play, and how could it, how it could benefit who you're potentially going to be working with. Yeah, because that's so important. It's like when you get someone like that, it's like you can't work with the with the mask on, you know. Yeah. It's like you need to so, be able to peel it all back. Because for a sustainable result, you know, working with people, you need to know behind all the curtains, behind all the faces, and all the masks. That's the sustainable one. That's the one that goes the distance. That's the one that gets the result. Is that person? I, you can't work with the person with the mask, because eventually, yeah. when they take it off, you're like, oh shit! Now I've got a different person to work with. You totally, know? and that's that's the result. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it's generally the people that I work with like tap into spirituality 
you know, to some degree, whatever it is. Um, and I absolutely love that because spirituality is actually a major part of my own personal life. So I love to bring that into my business as well. And I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure from you, like you have been to your, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's something that I, 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 I take it on board. It's, it's something that I really love. Um, the spiritual side is, is important to me. And a lot of people, you know, like, oh, stuff, spirituality, they, you know, they're full woo-woo, you know. And, so, and I always joke with me and my mates, like, I'm like, don't go full woo-woo, you know. But there is some lessons over there and there's a really, they play a really important part um, of my life and how I play it because there's so many tools over there. Spirituality is a really important part of my life and I um, I dive into it everywhere. Dive into it everywhere. Yeah. It's a balance. Yeah. It's not It's not the balance. It's just like, it's just the, uh, it just allows you to grow in a different way. Totally, totally. I fully get that. But one thing that I'm definitely learning is I've gone for woo-woo. I think I actually spoke to you about six months ago yeah. and I just... You did? <laughs> did you go for woo-woo? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely, as soon as I started to like delve into it, again, which was meant before, I was like, it's a rabbit hole. Just go and go and go. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, I was, I became very, very spiritual, but to, I got to a place where it wasn't productive and there wasn't a whole lot of ownership going on there. And that's one thing I actually addressed the other day. I was like, you can't use spirituality as a scapegoat, right? I don't care what called Mercury retrograde is doing this month or whatever's going on, but it is not the reason that you don't have what you want in terms of business, partners, career, like it's not, it's got nothing, like I shouldn't say it's got nothing to do with that. I think it's all encompassing, but I really don't love when I see people using spirituality as a reason to not do the thing. Excuses. I, I've, I've found that too. And I, because like I went down the spiritual road as well. And, you know, I got like much love and respect for my people in there. But like I, I started, I was like, I was like, got into that. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I like all this stuff, but I'm like, I hear a lot, like, you don't use that as an excuse for what's, you know, for not doing yeah. the things. Um, I'm like, are you just saying that? Like, that's kind of what popped up yeah. for me when I got into that, some of those spaces. Um, not everyone is some kicking ass in there, but I was like, ah, nah. Like, it just, I was just what those things weren't matching up. And I was like, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, learn all the tools and dive into it, but I'm like, not doing the thing. I'm like, are you using that as an excuse to cop out on things? You know? And I was like, nah, I was like, I, I, I did, I had to call bullshit on a few things. There's a couple of people I, I triggered and I was like, nah, I'm calling bullshit, man. I was like, yeah. nah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's all like, right. It's all a journey. It's all a process, right? And it's like where everyone is at is totally right for them. Um, and in terms of spirituality, yeah, absolutely. I dove into it. And I definitely, became someone who I guess would use it as an excuse because it was easier to blame something external from me or in a past life of God knows what it was than it was to just take radical responsibility and ownership. But I think you can be into whatever you want and, and, and learn whatever you want. But the moment that you actually take ownership of everything in your life, like everything and kind of face it head on, whether you use you know, spirituality, a holistic method or a psychologist or medication, like each to their own. But radical responsibility and ownership was probably the one thing that allowed me to even have any kind of growth and any kind of change, let alone to this extent. Yeah. And that's one thing that I'm like, I will say on my initial call to anyone that I even, you know, consider working with, I'm like, are you willing to take radical responsibility? Extreme ownership, gonna- I call it, in, in our circle. I'm like extreme yeah. ownership is so important. It's like you just take ownership for the shit, you know, and that and that's just yeah. that just catapults you into a different state, and you just allows you to move through things. Um, when you start mm. taking ownership for things, it's like okay, we're moving now. We can shift through this. Yeah. We can navigate, and, and it's just like it's such an important thing to, you know, and it's it's like a thing that people will look at it. They're like, oh, it's it's simple in a way, but it's it's hard. So I'm like, you know, it's like that that struggle. You're like do I take ownership for it? And I'm like, yeah, you do. And then you're like, but you know, and it's, it's a, it's a tough game to play, but it's a cool game to play as well. Yeah. And I think that's it. Like it's a forever, it's just kind of like a balancing act. And even now, like as I've gotten so used to taking ownership of the big obvious things, 
now when things come out and I'm like, oh, it's definitely not me. It's definitely not me. I'm like, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not getting any kind of solution. I'm not getting any kind of, you know, nothing's being resolved while I'm projecting onto someone else or blaming anything external from me. And, yeah, the the biggest lesson that I've ever learned is what you said, extreme ownership. Mm. You can't change without it. You can't. Can't hey, can't move forwards. Let's. Uh, I want to yeah. dive into like your past because I know you've got a colourful past as well. Um, we spoke about this before. Let's let's just dive, let's go back. Let's wind back the clock. Let's can we wind it back? Are we allowed to do that? Really loud, really loud. Okay. How far do we go? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how far do you want to go back. <laughs> let's. Uh, um, let's talk about like uh, when things weren't so good. Yeah, totally. I mean, I definitely haven't always been this person. I haven't always been optimistic. I haven't always been spiritual. I haven't always run a business. I haven't always been a mother, right? I had, you know, a beautiful upbringing. I had a lovely family. I'm one of three. You know, no major trauma growing up or anything like that. Um, it wasn't until I was maybe 15 that I had met uh, my ex-partner. Actually, let's head over heels, smitten as you are at 15. Um, just, you know, could do no wrong. I just have my rose-coloured glasses on. <laughs> you know, there was uh, probably some red flags at the, at the start, but at 15, like, and this is why I'm so passionate about what I do as well is because, you know, at 15, I had no idea of just kind of what was even right in a relationship and what wasn't. Like, I just had a really vague idea because I just was like, oh, I don't know, everyone's in a relationship, everyone's in and out of relationships. Um, I don't know, I just, that's something that I never really had maybe like a firm uh, example of like what's right in a relationship and um, that's something that I'm really mindful now of, you know, the relationship that I'm in now that I, my daughter has, you know, stepfather who's really heavily involved. Um, but yeah, so that relationship uh, progressed until 15 to 17. It was on and on and off, on and off, on and off. Um, at 17, we moved down to... Uh, Newcastle, who was playing for Newcastle Knights at the time, and um, once we moved in together, it just kind of went downhill from there. Um, he had been playing football from a really young age, um, professional football from a really young age, and I think he was just reaching this kind of burnout point. And I was all excited because I was just leaving school, and I, you know, had my first like real boyfriend. And it was all it was all fun. Um, and we started kind of, yeah, experimenting in drugs and, you know, rather than working on the weekends, we, he wouldn't go to training, I wouldn't go to work and, um, yeah, made some pretty, uh, you know, not ideal friends and had some pretty strong, heavy influence. Uh, after about six months there, we um, were both kind of dead broke, so we moved back to our hometown for Harbour. From there, he um, met up with a few guys and uh, kind of, you know, a bit of a long story short, he joined a bikey club. Mm. And I was quite, you know, naive at the time. I think I was 17 or maybe 18, 18 when he first did that. Um, again, we moved away and um, it just kind of really spiralled from there. So uh, where do I even go from here? Um, basically, we were caught up in um, kind of a major drug investigation um, he had sold drugs to an undercover police officer. He was with a club for two and a half years. Um, in terms of the relationship, it just progressively got more violent. Um, there was, you know, not a, it wasn't just verbal anymore, it was physical. Um, and I think I just became so suppressed. Like when I look back at who that was, I'm like, wow, that's so, like I didn't, I wouldn't say a word. I never had a voice, right? Because it really wasn't safe. So I just became very submissive, depressed, very downgraded version of, you know, who I could have been at that age. And up until uh, maybe 22, I think it was, um, yeah, it just was basically getting worse and worse and worse. I cut off all my friends, cut off all my family, who were up in Brisbane and just getting deeper and deeper and deeper into um yeah, just biking life and all that comes with that. Living in that um, circle, hey? Yeah, totally. And it's just so interesting because, like, you when you're in it, you can't see it. Right? Like, I truly thought that I was invincible. 
right? It probably had something to do with, like, in terms of, like, the, the drugs and stuff also, but just being surrounded by that, like, I was in the most unsafe environment, but weirdly enough, I felt invincible. Um, and I think you develop these traits and these coping mechanisms just because, like, you're pretty much in a fear state all the time, underlying, but it's almost like just survival of the fittest, really, you know, and not to mention what was going on with my partner at home, like, we were just, it was just so overwhelming all the time. I just was in this state of being like, right, it's just like fight or flight all the time, all the time. It's a, it's a such a, when you look back at it now, um, you're in such a volatile state where it's so rapidly changes up and down, up and down, up and down. It's like you're legit on a roller coaster. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. You know, and there's times where when I look back at like what happened over that time, you know, I obviously won't delve too deep into what um, happened just for like legal purposes um, and everything, you know, has been finalized in court and everything. But um, yeah, like there were times where I was like, 100% sure that like I would not make it through the night like I was like I'm gonna die either at the hands of my partner or from somebody else right and um, it all kind of came crashing down in uh, December 2014 and um, you know my house was raided and we were all over the news and all that fun stuff and um, my fiance at the time ended up going away for two and a half years and um, yeah we had both went to a major court case there and I mean, I truly, like, don't have a bad word to say about him. Um, he's not a part of our life anymore. Um, but, and I just wish him nothing but, you know, love. And I just truly hope that he can find peace within his own life. Um, but, yeah, I think it was, as much as it was, like, one of, it was the most traumatising, like, time of my life. It wasn't even, like, a matter of months. It was over a span of years um i'm forever grateful for it right and i think finding gratitude in something like that and coming to this level of forgiveness takes tremendous work uh, i remember when i first started doing any kind of personal development and they spoke about forgiveness and like whatever kind of have has gotten here generally the thing that you need to forgive and i just remember hearing that first time i nearly choked i was like are you fucking kidding me i need to forgive. it's not even possible like i was just fueled by this rage and this, like, hatred. And, um, I'd, like, it's, I'd, truthfully, it's kind of how I started my business, right? And it's the thing that I've learned is that, like, my success um, began, like, being fueled by hatred and just, like, watched what I can do kind of without you. Um, in terms of sustainability, don't recommend it. <laughs> do the required. Um, I made that thing, mistake too. Yeah, yeah, you just like, you, you move away from it and you're like, cool, now I'm going to show you. I'm different. I'm gonna, And you just make, like it just becomes about proving something or someone, you know. Oh, I, used, <laughs> I used to say it, I was like, the doubters made me do it. I was like, fuck yeah. that, I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to prove these motherfuckers wrong. Yeah. You know, like, and it was just driven it. And I got to a stage where it, uh, I was like, shit. No one's doubting me anymore. I was like, because I, I hit a low. Like, I was like, oh, man, I couldn't figure it out. I was like, I've got, to, like, you know, the things are going good. And I was like, what is it? I was like, what what's going on? And I was like, oh, no. I was like, shit, all these people that doubted me, they don't doubt me anymore or they're just not in my life or have moved on or, or have moved past that. And I like, cause they can't, the fire kind of run out a little bit. And I was like, I was like, why? I see this so often. It's actually saying that like I speak heavily to my clients about I'm like what are you being fueled by because what happens is like the pain forces you to take action right and then the action I'm not saying that it doesn't get a result I've seen it get a result you've seen it get a result except once you get the result you then yeah reach this low where you're like wow what I actually need is more pain to fuel more action because I don't feel like I want to do anything now because that person actually doesn't care where I'm at well, I don't, you know, you're like, yeah. I don't care so much. About what fuels the emotion and emotion makes the ma the action, you know, and that's what it is. It's like, what's fueling this? What's fueling it? What's fueling it? And if it's just this like circle where you're going to, then you're going to seek it. You got to just like keep it going. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so what I now really am mindful of doing is like, I just come from a place of potential and I'm just like, wow, what can I create? Right. 
And then I moved that into inspired action. And from there, I then get a result. And then that just builds my belief so that I can come from even more potential. And that's the cycle that I'm in now. It's like my belief builds, therefore, like I just see more potential within myself as opposed to looking for pain in any kind of degree. Because this is the thing is that if you look for something, and you'll know this, you'll find it. Whether it's there or not, right, you will find it. Oh, yeah. Parents, your ex-partner, your current, like whatever it is, you will find it. And I was looking and I was probably sabotaging relationships and, you know, not even just intimate ones, but with my family and with friends, like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm looking for pain, therefore it's showing up everywhere. Mm. Cool, I'm going to show this person. Let me look for more pain. I'm going to show this person. And I was like, wow, I'm actually sabotaging all these relationships, right? And I'm not even being about what I'm talking about because – if I was, then I would have like let go of all this and forgiven. Yeah. Right. I'm really truly doing the best psychologically with what they can, and that's something that I've grown to know. Therefore, I don't really, I don't have an expectation of anyone to act a certain way to me or to not act a certain way to me. Mm. And um, it's actually become really apparent in like my new relationship is to take the expectation off. Yeah, take it. <laughs> I've been watching you talk about it. Um, oh, and it's been the biggest. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I was watching a video this morning of yours, uh, it, was, it was 52 weeks ago, actually, 56 weeks ago, um, about Ooh. having an unfaithful relationship. Um, and because I was scrolling through, you know, I, I always do a bit of research and stuff and I watch content anyway, but I was like, oh, that one, like, I couldn't scroll past that one. I couldn't scroll yeah. past that one um, because I was like, you know, I, I was that, I was that. And, it, mm-hmm. and I, I went past, I was like, I don't want to watch that. It might trigger me. Might be <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no. I was like, I was like, oh, no, I better watch it. I better watch it. So uh, let, let's dive into that one because I know that's a, that's a common, you know, this is the importance of having a conversation with someone like you in this space. We can, I guess, navigate through a conversation like this and, and unpack an area like this, which is um, being in a relationship that is unfaithful. Because I, I, I can speak in it because I've been on the opposite side. And yeah. I've been yeah. on the I've been on the given side where I've been unfaithful, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a topic that um not a great deal of people talk about, especially men. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, I was definitely in probably the most unfaithful unfaithful relationship that you could imagine, um, and it was it was extremely painful, um, and it would happen frequently. Um, but I think the most painful one that I can recall is when my daughter was, um, I think she was like three days old and I was recovering in the hospital and I had found out when she was like three days old that my partner was seeing someone else, right? And it literally felt like a dagger to the heart, as it does. And that was like one thing that I just felt like I would never, ever let go of. I just thought, how could I ever forgive this? I just, I, I, probably because I didn't understand it for a long time. Um, but in terms of like the cheating over like say eight years, nothing really stuck like that one particular kind of time did. And it's actually quite interesting because I knew that in order for me to reach the place of having like real inner peace, that's actually something that I had to forgive. And to anybody else who has been like cheated on, it's a really confusing thing. And I think if I didn't do so much work specifically around that, then I actually probably wouldn't be here, right? That's like the one thing that I really just couldn't seem to, to let go of. Mm. But when I started to actually uncover people's, like the way that people think and the, the reason why people do things and, you know, like core human needs and things like that, I was actually able to totally detach from that and let that go. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I get that people do kind of cheat for different reasons. I know within my last relationship, I, I can totally see why it happened and that he was just craving love. And regardless of the amount of love that I gave, it was never going to be enough. Right? And that was like my moment where I really had to leave is because I was like, nothing that I can do is going to actually allow this man to love enough or to feel loved enough because he has zero love for himself. I think that's what it really came down to. So, I mean, please share your perspective on it. Um, I don't know the circumstances in which it happened, obviously, but I know in my no, no, quite no, 
we'll never get through this. That's fine. I'm yeah, and like to be honest, when I when I was raised with this, and I was like, "Oh, should I speak about this?" I was like, I actually didn't know how to answer it, and I was like, you know what? There is no right or wrong here. Uh, these are conversations, and this is how this is how this we build awareness around us, and then a good conversation about a topic like this is probably important for a lot of women to hear because, from my side, um. Yeah, I was unfulfilled, and just when you said that before, I was like, that hit home for me. Like, I actually don't think I loved myself, and I was seeking something. I didn't. I was confused as well, and I add on top of that, I was doing a lot of drugs, and I was like, you know, I was not in a good way, my own in my own way, and I was, you know, I if I like put it into a little a big category, I was just being a little boy. I didn't know how to be the man that I needed to be because I was running from everything. I was running from the hard conversations. I was running from the the awkwardness of explaining like how I was feeling or what was going on at the time. Like I, I struggled to have conversations about what was really going on and how to, how to move through things, whatever was coming up in my life. And I would get, I would get stuck in positions where I would, um, I was probably easily influenced. Um, or no, actually I was easily like a woman could get my attention quite easily because I, I actually didn't, I was confused and sad and, um, I was vulnerable in a way, I guess. Um, it all susceptible for something like that to happen, and I allowed that to happen. Not wasn't them that did that. I, I allowed that all to happen, but at the same time, I my excuse that then was like, oh no, they made me do it, or or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, they they came on to me. It's all them, all them. But when I'm like, no, like man, that you take the ownership for it. Take the ownership for it. Um, now I look back and I'm like, now where I am now in my life, no, there's 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 no way. Um, speaking from a man's point of view as well, when that happens and um now back then i'd be like you know i'd try to brush it off brush it off fuck you know whatever shit i did the wrong thing sorry darling blah 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 um and not take ownership for it because i didn't want to feel it i didn't want to feel the feeling of what it felt like to actually know that you actually were disloyal and unworthy to that woman that actually loved you and cared for you so much um there was lots of things that come up i'd make excuses like oh no they're doing they're cheating on me you know that like this is where your own psychology like comes into your own head and like you're like, oh, no, nah, they're, you know, the paranoia kicks in. I know that a lot of guys have said that to their partners before and that, nah, she's fucking cheating on me. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think she is, man. I'm like, no, she's not. <laughs> and that that was the process that, I, like, a lot of myself and a lot of other males go through. They're like, oh, she's probably fucking around anyway, so I'm going to do it. You know, I'm like, and then I look at that, I'm like, no, that's not okay. Like, that's that's not how this works. Um, And that was because I was insecure about myself. And like you said, I didn't really fully love myself enough to understand that and really sit into that. And that feeling like, yeah, when you have, when that happens for, for me, it was a, um, yeah, it's a shit feeling. It's a shit feeling. And like back then, I didn't know how to deal with those emotions or whatever it was. So reverted back to being like, you know, fuck you, blah, 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 or put it back on them, say, no, it's your fault. I will not even just have the conversation around it, ignore it, yeah. uh, run away from it, go go back to doing drugs and alcohol, um, and just yeah, really just blanket it. Hey, and that was what was going on, and and it just, you know, and but I what, think, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, like even now, if people are in a relationship and it has happened, or you know, like you haven't spoken about it or whatever it is, like, and if you're in, I think it's, I mean, it depends what like circumstance, obviously, like everyone's different and in a different set of circumstances. I know it happens under different, you know, circumstances. But if you're in a great, like, relationship and you feel the urge to cheat or you feel the urge to do that or something of the nature comes about, communication is everything, right? And if you can't communicate to your partner that, like, I'm not feeling your love or I'm not feeling your attention or I just feel like you're, you're not present and things like that, like, have the conversation before you do something and then have to have that conversation. Yes, that's that's real like that's like some gold nuggets right there. Especially from a male's point of view. It's like you it's important for you to speak into this and I you know, I've had to do this as of recent because I know obviously you don't go do that. And I'm well aware of what's going on at the moment. Um and yeah, you just have to have that conversation like, oh, like the things I'm struggling with right now are X, Y, and Z. Um and then you can navigate through that. It's like when you just hide it and you're like, oh, fuck, whatever. And then you get put in a position where you might be out or whatever it is. And you're like, you can make up a million excuses to validate why you would cheat or why why you should probably do that or why you shouldn't be loyal. Like, you know, there's a lot of things that run for your heads. But just from a male's perspective, you can really easily give yourself an excuse to maybe do the wrong thing quite easily. Yeah, <clears throat> that's really interesting, actually. Like, and it is, it's really, that gives me a lot of insight. 
um, because it was something that I think I definitely based my self-worth off what happened. Like I just thought, was I not enough? Or like how could I have been more um, open to different things? Or like was I just not fulfilling that need in that person, right? Um, ultimately, it was totally the wrong relationship. It was a toxic environment. But now, you know, like it's, I think that one thing to know is like it's natural for other people to like have um, like a connection or like a like chemistry with somebody else. Like that's natural with human beings right it's different I think to desire somebody else like more heavily right like attraction is there I think it's always kind of going to be there and then not be there with, with certain people but if you can actually express to your partner what's going on like I said like before you go and act in that way allow them the opportunity to to know what's going on yeah. you know allow them the opportunity to, to have you know resolution on whatever the you know, perceived problem is before it escalates mm. to a place of, you know, because I just... What you're speaking I about think- there is so important uh, just from a male's perspective as well. Like, I, I feel like I've been in relationships or seen women before and, like, like a hot guy walks past. I'm like, like oh, we're in a conversation. You know, I, I know I've got a couple of mates. They're good-looking roosters, you know. And um, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's a good... Like, I'm like, you know, he's good-looking, like, you can't like like it's okay if if you say yeah he's sexy as fuck like that's like for me I'm I'm okay with that because if you're like oh no he's not I'm like yes I know he is <laughs> like you know I'm like I know he is and that, like that's okay like that's that's where like that trust starts to build and like even like I've said to partners before and they haven't taken it the right way um I'm like look a girl walks past I'm like look I I'll be honest I looked at her ass like fuck I'm sorry but like I'm not sorry but like it's it's hard like it's you're there is that attraction but then there's that okay no I that physical attraction where they want to go do the wrong thing um that's where you I guess you got to try find those boundaries but for me that's what I feel like anyway but just like having been okay with like people are going to come in and out of your circle and that thing and there's there's generally that attraction to to other human beings or connection I guess that you're going to have and a lot of men can get very insecure I know when yeah. around that's a that's a common trait I see guys and like their partners are like not um being flirty because they're just kind of quirky and stuff like with other males and that can bring up a lot of insecurities and I'm like looking at him I'm like he's real insecure right now but I'm like it's okay man like they're just vibing you know there's just a little vibe there you know and then it, that's okay you just gotta let that sit and um that's a real like I see a lot of males and they just amp up and I'm like yo man like they're just yarning like it's okay like they're just they you know your your yeah. your partner's just like a quirky person you know it's like you know high energy and i'm like oh no he's the same like of course they're gonna match yeah. it's not like they're gonna come together and be like oh no you tone down i'll i'll turn up well even i'm finding you know because this is the um only other relationship i've like proper relationship i've been in since my last one which wasn't you know ideal um and i'm actually finding i'm having to unlearn kind of those old behaviors that I didn't realize that I actually had that are now coming up in a relationship. And I think that relationships are the most beautiful thing, right? I just truly believe that they're everything, regardless of whether they're an intimate with your child, friends, coworkers, you know, whatever it is, I think that's what our life is like built off, right? And that's one thing that I'm having to actually unlearn is just all these little traits that I realized that I had in a relationship that um, you know, I, that's not how I want to be anymore. And it wasn't until, you know, I can do all the work, you can do all the work on your own, but until you meet somebody where, you know, they kind of trigger this thing in you that you've never even really knew that you had, um, that's when the real work begins. I, I've definitely had moments of temptation where I'm like, fuck, this is too hard. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And that's all I want to do. Run away. And I was very good at that for the last two and a half years. I was out. So easy. Right. <laughs> But I think when you find someone it's worth sticking with, it's like you have to have these open conversations, right? It's not comfortable to be like, hey, I'm feeling a little bit jealous or I'm feeling a little bit uneasy, right? And it's not, and it, it, again, how that person receives that openness is a reflection of like kind of their level of maturity and, and their certainty within themselves as well. That could be perceived as like you're insecure and trying to control or it can be perceived perceived as like hey I'm just letting you know that this is where I'm at it's triggered me a little bit that's a good indication to me that some work needs to be done around that um you know can you support me in that yeah. so I just am a little bit like I don't want to feel this way but I am at the moment so yeah. I think it's 
uh, trying to navigate through that's definitely been mm. something that I didn't even think would be a problem. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I had to navigate through some of this stuff recently uh, with a woman I was seeing, and uh, yeah, it um, you know being able to have those conversations is uh, so important, and I and I you know I've had I had to have that conversation. It didn't work out well. Didn't work out well. Um, and it triggered me, triggered me like hell. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, because I, I knew, I, I kind of knew how to, like, you know, men are problem solvers. And I was like, I know how to get through this. I know how to, let's solve it, solve it, solve it. And I was like, I have the conversation, but it didn't work out the way I wanted it to be. Um, and it, yeah, and it pissed me off. And I had, to, I legit had to sit with it for like four days. I was like, fucking hell. Yeah. But, yeah. Know, and I, I think, like, leads on to the next thing that we can talk about. I mean, we can talk forever, but like, Surrendering to any kind of outcome, right? Because you go in with an intention to say something or to do something. Um, and within relationships, that's something that I'm actually learning is like, I can't control the outcome, you know? I really adore and love my partner, but I don't, I can't control the outcome. I don't know if we'll get married and be together forever, right? But I'm not focused on that outcome. I'm just focused on like here and now and anything within my business as well. Same with like, for instance, like speak to a client on the phone. My intention is to allow them to grow and for me to add value. I'm totally detached with whether they become a client or not. In my relationship, it's to, you know, prove, you know, give love and, you know, create even more happiness. But I can't do it with the expectation that it's going to be a certain way to me or um, give me something certain, um, specific, sorry, in return. So I think detachment and surrendering is everything. Yeah, like, oh, no, this is like a rabbit hole we could go down forever as well because it's something not like I, I'm no like I'm no relationship expert, but it's something I'm learning. You know, I um, I've yeah, it um, you know, I fucked up so many relationships that I I feel like I've, I know how to not do them now. But um, you know, it's uh, it's taken me a few, but it's uh, it's so important. Um, yeah, to be able to just learn from each one. Hey, and like, cause I, this is a real topic that I find lately in. You know, especially speaking to a lot of a lot of women in this area, what's some what's some advice you could give to a woman that's in a toxic relationship? Like right now, let's say they're in a, in a bad way, um, and things just aren't going well right there. Like, what's some tools? Some tools. Mm, I yeah. I mean, when I reflect back on being in that that place, um, reach out to somebody or or just get in proximity with. This somebody that can help in not in terms of like moving you out of the relationship but who can just give you a difference in perspective but also support because one thing that I know is that when you're in a toxic relationship the moment that someone tells you to go is the moment that you pretty much cut them off because you know then what they think of you right Mm. and I remember being called weak um and just like that I was like being walked over and stuff that I felt like I physically couldn't leave. Like that's really how I felt. So to anyone else who's in a toxic relationship, I think be kind on yourself as, as funny as that advice might sound is like we are only doing the best with what we can and we're all really trying to meet a need generally for love, right? But if someone is in a toxic relationship and they're listening to this, just know that, it doesn't actually have to be that way, right? And when we talk about extreme ownership, like you actually do have the choice to leave. Yeah. And that's something that you don't feel like I did have the choice until I made the choice and I realized I had this choice all along. Mm. Right? And there is so much support out there. And, you know, whether that be, may, may not be immediate family or friends for you, but there are so many services and support out there, myself included, Um who can help you navigate through that time, right? And I think coming back, knowing that, like, every single person is unconditional love. Every single person is worthy of a beautiful relationship and to be treated with kindness and compassion and love, right? Yeah. And being gentle on yourself and, I don't know, it's such a hard – it's actually something that I find hard to give advice on because – I know that my advice right now would be like take extreme ownership and ask yourself, is this serving me? But I just know that it's not that easy. Yeah, it's not, it's not mean, as easy as to go, yeah, fuck it, I'm just packing my shit up, I'm going to go. Um, and yeah. What, like, yeah. It come up for me then, like what like what you're saying, the, by the woman calling me out and, and you know, I was that guy doing doing all the wrong things and stuff like that, it actually called me forwards and, and it, it changed me into who I am now. 
So don't, you know, although you're like, oh, shit, I'm leaving, you know, they, this is all messed up and stuff. That was a situation that actually called me forward as well. I'd had three relationships or four relationships like that had failed um, or three. And it, uh, it was like, I, it just was like, it all hit home. I was like, they all can't be wrong. I was like, it was all the same things. I was like, <laughs> I was like three women in a row cannot be wrong. I was like, it, it has to be me. And they obviously had those conversations with me and I was like, should I had to sit with that? But it, that was a real pivotal moment where it changed and I had to really step into a lot of things and it called me forwards in a lot of ways and it, and it, yeah, predominantly changed who I am. And then even on the backside of this now, um, although we, we had our rough times and had our good times, it, um, I, I have a really good relationship with them. Like, yeah, I got so much love yeah. for them. We love, we, and we've I've actually gone back now and cleared all the air with them and gave them a lot of uh, closure on all of the things, on all of the mm. things. And now they they get to they get to move through their life as well, you know. Without then, I give a lot of closure on everything, and I'm even going to have them on my podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. There you go. Yeah, that, that, that's that's the kind like you can. That's where you can work things to, like that's legit. Like yeah. how things can work out, and like because like oh, you know, we have you know, it's things aren't good. We're gonna hate them, but just know that like you can work for all this stuff, and at the end of it, there's this beauty, and you can get a lot of closure on things as well. So, you know, you might end it yeah. and cool, but just know that there's a there's an avenue to get closure on all this shit as well. And I know that I've given them a closure on a lot of things, and it's it's made their life a hell of a lot easier. And it's you know, it's 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 good. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing is, like, if you're coming from a perspective of, like, oh, I'm worried about what they're going to do if I leave and things like that, you know, like you said, it actually was the thing that allowed you to step up and, you know, step into this space and, and, and reflect as well. So if you want to look at it from that perspective, you know, allow them the opportunity to grow and to experience, you know, pain so that they can then work through that and not be that person. I dare say they don't want to be that person either. You know, I know that people do action. Um, and, I, and I don't even think that there's good and bad people. I just think that there's good and bad behavior. Um, but if you love that person so undeniably, then like help them by actually like removing yourself and bettering yourself and giving them the opportunity to, to better themselves also, right? Because if you can't seem to do it together, then it does. It causes a toxic environment. So if you want to look at it from that perspective, that you're worried about the pain that you might inflict on them, mm. you're not doing them favors by you being in pain and being with them. Yeah, definitely Either. not. Definitely not. See, so, yeah, that's another interesting topic. Hey, <laughs> we will. We will. I know. I was like, I was looking. It's like it's been over an hour, so I got to wrap it up and ask you two quick questions before we um, because I'm like, oh yeah, we'll we'll go for 40, 50 minutes. But I'm like, shit, we can get stuck talking very quickly. It's <laughs> so easily. Let's go to the last two questions. What what's something that pisses you off? Something that pisses me off is excuses and people not taking ownership. Straight oh. up, that's it. Okay, sweet. Nice, short and sharp. Uh, okay, you, have- you know yeah. why I say that is because, like, and, and if you listen this far on the podcast, you're going to hear that, like, I don't have excuses in my life where I feel like I should have them. Mm. Yeah, and I think you're the same. Like, I have a million and one excuses that I could validate to myself, except for I don't allow them to become excuses. Nah, Therefore, I don't give other person's excuse for anything. Okay. I don't care what it is. You could tell myself the story of why I shouldn't do it or why I shouldn't have it, but I'm like, it's just an excuse. I'm like, don't show up with us. Leave that shit at the door. Like, it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't uh, wash. The next one, the last one. You got a magic wand, right? Mm-hmm. I can give you one wish. What would it be? Like to change or what? What you know? What's something you want to do with it? What would you do with that wish? Change anything in the world? Change anything? I honestly believe, like, if people for their own self-worth it would be a very very different uh environment that we live in mm. very yeah. and it's part of my mission that i'm i'm here doing and you know i'll do it for as long as i live and i don't you know i would love to do it globally absolutely right now i'm just chipping away at you know what i can and that the people that i have you know access to at the moment i'm grateful that you got me on this podcast hopefully it exposes me to more but i think if people knew their internet worth they wouldn't feel like they need to act in these you know behaviors that aren't even them right like drop the mask see that like no one has something more than you yeah the, drop the shit hey eh? drop the shit it's just like just come as you are man 
Totally. Totally. One of my life mottos is in a world where you can be anything, the best thing you can be is yourself. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Don't steal that one. I don't want to see that on your Instagram. (laughs) I'll be like, I'll see you post it up. I'll be like, oi. Live words coming out of Luca here today. (laughs) Nah, that's awesome. Okay, sweet. Well, well, I'll let you get back to your beautiful, lovely day and your beautiful, lovely family. Uh, Luca, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time. And keep showing up for community. Keep leaning in. Keep showing love. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Bang. I'm Mr. Hecker. At If You Don't Know, Now You Know, that is our show for today. I appreciate your love, your support. Please have a beautiful, lovely day. If you could, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. That would be much appreciated. Until then, peace and love, and I'll see you on the next one.